Uh, so today's presentation, Mars and the Malleable West, Energy, Geohistory, and Dominating Nature, is based off some of the more fun elements of my dissertation. Um, passion for science fiction, and I enjoy uh, how it weaved into the way I looked at the West. Um, but let's begin in space. On August 6, 2012, after traveling eight and a half months through the cold vastness of space, NASA's Curiosity rover landed on the dusty surface of Mars with the design purpose of ascertaining the planet's habitability. Luckily for those hoping to one day colonize Mars, the instrument-laden rover successfully landed in a region once occupied by a freshwater lake known as the Gale Crater. In 2013, it was widely reported that this lake, uh, in this lake there was hope for understanding a deep past and future of the now barren planet. The New York Times stated that the lake existed around 3.5 billion years ago and could have lasted for hundreds or thousands of years, possibly much longer. A geologist working on the Curiosity mission called the whole thing extremely Earth-like and noted that hypothetically, if certain microbes like those on present-day Earth had plopped into the ancient Martian lake, they would have likely found a pleasant place to call home. Uh, and this is a 2012 uh, article from National Geographic uh, illustrating the process of terraforming Mars and initial colonization. Uh, we have the Martian uh, movie coming out uh, in the near future of the Ares missions that may come to uh, explore Mars. And then towards the end, we have someone with a nice breather apparatus observing and looking at the wonderful landscape that we have created with our technology. Um, so, you know, is, is space the final frontier? I would argue uh, it is an extension of the frontier of the uh, late uh, 19th, early 20th century. Uh, but since Mars was so pleasant once, the barren waste of a planet could be reclaimed, according to this logic. With the data that's being gathered by Curiosity, NASA could work towards terraforming the desert planet. NASA's Mars team website proclaims the possibility of creating a new Earth by digging into Mars' deep past. The famed astronomer and Pulitzer Prize winner, Carl Sagan, says that there's enormous promise in the search for ancient life on Mars. If life was once sustainable on Mars, it is important to know what caused Mars to evolve into the cold and lifeless planet it is today. <laughs> With this knowledge, we can terraform Mars by reversing the process. By tracing Mars' geological history, NASA scientists make clear that they believe terraforming is technologically feasible. NASA planetary scientist Chris McKay's perspective resounds with a familiar, hopeful tone once found in the 19th century American West. You don't build Mars, McKay says. You just warm it up and throw some seeds. Rain will simply follow the plow on Mars. The article concludes that all the planet needs is a recapture to, all the planet needs to recapture its salad days is a gardener with a big budget. Uh, NASA, has, NASA has that. Um, underlying thesis I want to address, or uh, I, I see in my, uh, my dissertation work, uh, is that the West has long been malleable in the imagination. In the context of, of American industrialization after the Civil War, Hopes for America's future were dug from the earth. Coal not only had the ability to physically energize machinery, but also to energize the American imagination in unprecedented ways. Fossils illustrated that the natural world was plastic on a vast geohistorical scale. Through their intimate use and partnership with these energetic material remains of geologic time, Western Americans came to see their role as superseding ge geological processes in order to shape the world to suit human needs and desires. So today's discussions concerning terraforming bars serve as an almost perfect analogy for those char that characterized the American West during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. The commonality lies in the late 19th century fossil-fueled faith in science and technology as tools to master the natural world and the use of the material remains of geologic history to inform the present and the future. 
how are we going to get there with the uh, talk I'm doing today? We're going to look at what lies beneath the West, that's uh, geologic history, uh, one of uh, the paleo environments, the influences, the way people are seeing the West in the late 19th century. Uh, the coal and fossils that are developed out of the geologic history of the West, and how those impact uh, the way people see the future of the West. Uh, a term that I've, I've uh, coined, paleo restoration, or the use of the deep past uh, to inform the restoration uh, or a restorative dream uh, in uh, present day environments, and the actual process of trying to change the West. Uh, so let's take a look here. So it lies beneath you. Many Western historians consider aridity as a defining environmental characteristic of the West. But I believe, like Mars, its watery past played an equally significant role in the history of the region. Here we have the Western Interior Seaway, that was 85 million years ago, uh, covering the West, large swath of the West covered by the seaway. Um, and as the period clip comes to its close, 65 million years ago, uh, that seaway is retreating. Uh, and in its place, uh, we have uh, a number of kind of boggy environments, uh, tertiary lakes, the subsequent uh, period is the tertiary period after the Cretaceous. Um, and uh, a generally kind of a humid environment with plenty of, of room for growth uh, of vegetative uh, matter. Uh, what develops out of this uh, from the Cretaceous and tertiary strata uh, is a close proximity of fossils and fossil fuels um, that are plainly evident to the eyes of those scientists surveying the landscape through the 19th century. From the data gathered about the geologic history of the past, late 19th century geologists and paleontologists infuse their science with the imperatives of their present concerns, like more scientists today. They narrated the environmental past of North America in terms of its future. The narrative arc tended to be from the Edenic paradise uh, of this very tropical, watery environment in the West uh, to a desert fall. Um, you know, uh, they were encountering the great American desert in the West uh, to redemption through America's manifest destiny. The coal and fossils um, located in the American West. Coal is a very important tool uh, during the late 19th century uh, as an energetic source for the way people see the world. Coal is seen by many citizens of the 19th century as quite literally a gift from God, or as one contemporary put it, proof of divine benevolence. For contemporaries thinking about the future of the West, the ultimate triumph of geologic history was not its expansion of humanity's concept of time, but rather in its provocative suggestion that the world was far more malleable than had previously been thought that can be changed. That can be manipulated. An example of this was the fossil flora found in coal seams. Uh, here we see a uh, fossilized tree trunk uh, found embedded within uh, the adjacent coal seam here. If revolutions once racked the globe, as geologists suggested, then God or divine providence could surely enact the necessary changes more quickly, or simply give humans the capacity to restore the West to its Edenic origins on their own schedule. Vernacular theories of Western climactic change could rest upon the credentials of scientists who saw the West as a plastic region uh, with great potential. Ferdinand Vanderveer Hayden was a prime example of this. Fossils and fossil fuels informed his hopes for the West. In what would later become the first of the USGS surveys of the territories, Hayden pondered a coal seam and later stated, during the tertiary period when lignite beds were deposited, all these treeless plains were covered with a luxuriant growth of forest trees now found only in tropical or subtropical climates. We are daily obtaining more and more evidence that these forests may be restored again to a certain extent. 
In the same report, he also followed a variant of rainfalls of plow, uh, focused on the climactic altering effects of tree planting. He saw evidence that the settlement of the country and the increase of timber have already changed for better the climate. And quote, rain has gradually increased in quantity. In order to provide support for his claims, Hayden was sure to state, these ideas are not purely theoretical and have been investigated by some of the ablest scientific men in this country and Europe. Uh, and this is an image I put together of Hayden pondering uh, this fall scene and seeing the possibility of, of restoration uh, as he was looking at this whole scene in Nebraska in 1867. Um, the idea of paleo restoration, res restoring this geologic, uh, former geologic environment, uh, seeing, being seen in the earth uh, to the present day. By the late 1880s, it was there was little hope that rain would fall off the plow. But faith that the West was plastic remained. It became clear that a broader technological vision was, vision was needed uh, to make the West the garden that it once was, uh, to make this malleable, um, this world uh, back to where it should be um, in order to enable sediment across the West. So time to return to Mars. A man by the name of Percival Lowell, who saw life on Mars uh, in the late 19th, early 20th century, um, sat within this new context where state-level reclamation was getting its start. For Lowell, the desiccated desert planet on Mars served as an example of technological expertise in reclaiming the dying Earth. Mars, according to Lowell, had canals built on it that could be seen through his telescope. They were built by enlightened Martians who had joined together in the face of environmental crisis on their planet. Like all planets, according to Lowell, Mars had undergone a process of cooling and dewatering that would, in time, leave it lifeless and dry. Uh, the nebular pro uh, hypothesis uh, is what he's using to inform his vision of planets. Earth's geologic history in the Martian example illustrated the arid environments like those found in Western America necessitated technocratic government intervention for their future survival. Lowell understood that the geology of the West could be used to paint a picture of environmental decline. Lowell called upon the geologic maps at his disposal. Uh, here are the James Dwight Dana's uh, Manual of Mineralogy, or Mineral Geology, that is, to support his theory. The geologic maps, as Lowell interpreted them, illustrated North America's gradual shedding of a watery veil. And uh, here we have the Cretaceous period uh, moving in uh, to the tertiary. Uh, gradually dewatering uh, the continent of North America. At this cultural moment, the watery past of the West was used to support the vision of a dying planet and promote a tale of enlightened environmental management on a planet plagued by aridity. Uh, also, enter the Reclamation Service in that era. Uh, people, I mean, a commentary came out about his, his publications, uh, even to the extent where uh, one article uh, questioned, editorial questioned, whether or not Martians had figured out the uh, quandaries of water rights uh, in states. Um, uh, so it entered into the po popular consciousness. People were fascinated by this. Irrigation became the savior of the West, for it was commonly accepted that Western soils contained all the necessities of vibrant agriculture. Soon it was realized that it took a lot of organization and capital to create the works necessary for successful agriculture. So as I mentioned, it entered the state first with the Cary Act in 1895, uh, then with the Newlands Act in 1902. The work of William F. Cody in the town that bears his name in Wyoming straddled this transition. Uh, he saw the West's potential uh, through his own eyes, but that wasn't enough. It took a professor to convince Cody of the chances of civilizing that country, according to him. It was during the 1870 college expedition led by O.C. Marsh that Cody was educated on the geologic past of the West. Cody remembered. Well, I got kind of jealous of that professor. He would always talk in a whole lot of stuff about that country that I'd never heard before. 
He said that the Great Big Horn Basin was formed by the passage of a big lake that had finally cut its way through the Big Horn Canyon. He went on to tell me why there should be in this basin the finest soil in the world. I said to him that I guess he thought he knew more about the country than I did, and I told him to go alone. Nevertheless, he absorbed this geological information and used it to inform his future irrigation venture under the Cary Act. Eventually, he would come to believe that, quote, the old fossil hunter was right, and the region abounded in natural resources, grazing land, and fertile agricultural soils to raise cereals. His bountiful Eden was built upon visions of a geologic past. Later, the Shoshone Dam that resulted uh, as the Reclamation Service takes over uh, Cody's venture, um, their efforts were reported as a triumph over the geologic history of the area. The newspaper reported that perhaps the Shoshone would never have undertaken the job of cutting through the canyon if it had known that Mr. Roosevelt was coming. Men were put to work to undo what Mother Nature had taken millions of years to accomplish and went forth wrestling the liberty from just uh, romping, carefree streams as the Shoshone. Humans, with the help of coal, industrial powers of energy, uh, were here to decide which past environment they valued and complete nature's work in the West. So in conclusion, coal and fossils encouraged the belief that Americans were, righteous, Americans were righteous geological agents. Fossils provided the vision of a malleable earth, while coal provided the faith and energy to remake the world. Industrialization unwilded unwild geolo geological history by attempting to tame and master it to suit human desires. Perhaps most extraordinarily, coal not only had the ability to physically energize concrete processes and machinery, but also energized the American imagination in unprecedented ways. Fossils illustrated that the natural world was plastic on vast geohistorical scale. Through their intimate use and partnership with these energetic material remains of geologic time, Western Americans came to see their role as superseding geologic processes in order to shape the world to suit human needs and desires. A similar thing is occurring right now with discussions about Mars. Uh, Elon Musk, uh, the, the genius, um, recently commented that that all we need to do is nuke the poles of Mars in order to make it uh, a habitable planet. So using the energies of our day, the powerful energies of our day, we can make this uh, Martian planet into what we uh, hope it to be, another Earth. Thank you, Dad.